I pledge myself to the pod. Loyal I'll always be. A P to start, a D at the end, and an O sitting in between. Hello, pod people. Jay like the letter here. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of An Omnia Pradus. This week, you get to meet one of my oldest, not in age, but longest friends, physically and metaphorically, Laura. We met in the sixth grade when I told her she reminded me of Emma Roberts' circa her unfabulous days. Listen as we discuss Laura's spectrum of romantic comedies and how she's able to see past Kristen Stewart's bad wigs. Enjoy the episode. So Laura, my fellow responsible grad school going, personal finance exploring friend, how would you define adulting? I think it is a, it's not like a, like a noun, you know, like I don't think there's like just an adult and a child. I think it's more of a, a process. So I suppose maybe some words for it would be like self-responsible or not childish, like a child would be impulsive or not greedy in like a negative sense, but like self-fulfilling. And I think adult would be more of the transition of responsible and making decisions long-term instead of like immediate gratification. Does that make sense? Very mature. Thank you. Thank you. Was that an adult response or what? It was a very adult response. So as the adult you are, what's the Mm -hmm. most recent adult activity or purchase you've made? I don't feel like I've done any activities in any sense for quite a while. I think I suppose investing. I've gotten into investing this past year. Ooh. Um, I, I made a Vanguard account. Like I had someone I had someone help me make a Vanguard account. Um, Still counts. It was my money that went in it. So your social security number. Yeah, I have that memorized. I've had that memorized since I was like 14 because my boss yelled at me when I was a kid and well, they yelled at all the older kids, but I heard the lesson and I went home and learned it at 14. Yeah, I guess investing. I think that I'm not, I don't know anything about it. I like put my money somewhere and like it, it started to grow a little bit. So that's like the extent of my knowledge of it. But like that counts. Definitely. I know I started investing too. And then also similarly, I know you have a high yield savings account, which I feel is like the biggest mystery on the market. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, now during pandemic times, it's not great, but like not pandemic times. Yeah, the percentage has dropped. Apparently, the savings rate in Florida is 7% for everybody. What? 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 So like me and my brother's money has always been sitting in Wells Fargo for since we were kids. And this past like year or two, I realized that it's idiotic to be sitting and like, like if you have like a thousand dollars, it's making like 0.007 cents a year. So then I moved it all into Ally, which at the time was at like a 2% interest rate, but this year has dropped down to 0.5%. So it's still more than it was making, but like it dropped so much. It dropped so much. And my brother was really upset because he got into it when it had already gone down to like 1.5 and then it's progressively dropped more and more all year. (laughs) At some point it'll go up though. But if you yeah. haven't yet looked into high yield savings accounts, ten out of ten, you're you're literally just getting money for not doing anything. In my first month, I was able to get a month worth of Starbucks. I didn't take it out, but that's how much ish <laughs> I made. I think. I think adulting means not buying the Starbucks and knowing and knowing that you're not supposed to buy it. Like that's and then not the act of not buying a Starbucks. That is the definition of an adult. New level. Where do you put saving the money and not getting the non-dairy option? Oh, I always have to get the non-dairy option. <laughs> it's worth the dollar twenty-five. 
I don't know where I went, but almond milk was a dollar. I'll pay a dollar for oat milk, but like almond milk, no more than like 60, 50 cents. Absolutely not. It, it, I don't understand where they get that. It's pretty much just like a dollar extra for any kind of milk substitution. But then the second you think about the fact that a, a carton of almond milk costs like $3 and you could pour that into like 85 cups of coffee. Why are we paying a dollar? I do it every time. I pay a dollar every time. <laughs> That is the question for young millennial adults, zillennials, the generation coming up to ask. Make your own coffee at home. To oat or not to oat? (laughs) So now we've talked about being an adult. Now let's take it back to one of the early years of our friendships, 2009. We are, I believe, standing at the Century Theater with some of our other friends, all in quoted and or photo shirts from let's say it people the first twilight movie i guarantee i was wearing skinny jeans and like converse or no vans i was in a vans phase (laughs) or this lovely valentine's month filled february episode you want to defend twilight as the best rom-com or your favorite rom-com both either all of the above yeah i recently re-watched it because my brother and i were going through all sorts of movies like series like we did all of harry potter I think Angelo would be devastated to hear that I hadn't seen it prior. But then we watched Twilight, and I think my brother's face at the big shocking scene in the final Twilight movie really like encapsulated all my my feelings of how passionate I am about Twilight. Like I didn't even realize it until rewatching it and rewatching it with him that I was like, "Wow, this is one of the greatest series of our time." <laughs> Iconic. So, for those who have been living under a rock, do you have a favorite movie? And we can focus on that one and you can just summarize that one. I'm assuming most of these listeners, still being my five to ten friends, have seen them. But for those who haven't, do you have a favorite? And then go into a little summary about that specific one. Okay. I think I could summarize the whole series, frankly. Like, so quick. Go for it. Okay. Girl girl moves to live with her dad in a town. And she quickly stumbles upon some very good-looking slash incestuous family members at her high school. And she, <laughs> it's, am I wrong? I'm not wrong. <laughs> and she, not she wrong. takes she takes a liking to one of them. Um, and she's a very smart girl, and quickly realizes that he is in fact a vampire. Uh, and him being a vampire causes some some drama. So first movie, there's some action, and she kind of almost gets hurt. Second movie. Vampire boyfriend realizes, you know, this poor girl is going to face a lot of struggles in her life with me being there because I'm a vampire. So he leaves and she spends that movie getting closer with a friend that she knew as a child um, who ends up becoming a werewolf. Then there's more drama with the vampires. She has to go back to the vampire boyfriend to, to save him. And they get back together, move into the third movie. This is where the vampires and the werewolves really have to come together because a bad vampire from the first movie comes back. So they have to join teams, the vampires and the werewolves, to fight more vampires. At the end, she is happy with the boyfriend and they decide to get married, which takes us into the next movie where they um, get married and the rest of the movie is essentially about her having sex and becoming pregnant. Um, and this baby is, we don't know if it's a vampire. We don't know if it's a person. It's a its a sketchy baby and it's killing her. So the whole movie is dedicated to her pregnancy, which she survives, but has to come become a vampire for or to save herself. And then in the final movie, 
the vampire government finds out that there is some sort of child and is like, who the heck is this vampire baby child? You're not allowed to turn children into vampires. So the government is coming to the vampire family to say, "Uh uh-uh, you're in trouble and kill them all. And the final movie concludes with a battle, but it all ends happily for the Bella, the the Edward, kind of the Jacob, all the characters. Happy ending. Bravo. I practiced. (laughs) (laughs) Very nice. I think my favorite movie would be Eclipse. That's the that's the That is literally the worst one. What? That was the worst one. That one has the most, it has the most action, but also like the most characters. I feel like this is the movie that solidified that I don't like Jacob. Ooh, hot take. I think, I think it was hot, a hot take a couple years ago, but having, having rewatched it as a, as an adult, cycling back to how I'm an adult now, I realized that Jacob was an absolute no. He didn't know that no means no. He kept trying and he couldn't get it straight. And I think he was bad. I like genuinely don't think I like him at all. Ooh, but can you acknowledge how Edward is also toxic? Um, a little bit, yes. I do think that for for any sort of rom com in general, the like the, the love all happens and it doesn't totally make sense, and you're kind of like, oh, I feel like they've known each other for thirty five minutes, but like whatever, okay, they're in love. So I think that whole storyline between the two of them, between Bella and Edward, is a little bit of a like a plot hole. Like, how exactly did they fall in love? And I do think that he was a little bit. I mean, I guess the most toxic thing, maybe you you have an opinion on that, would be that he really pushed wanting to get married, I guess. But like, I don't think that's a bad thing. See, I see his toxicity going all the way back to the second. I mean, a little in the first, but like definitely the first. And then as a- when he left her. Yes, because you don't get to control my decisions. You don't get to say I'm bad for you. Therefore, I'm going to leave. That's not your decision to make. I think that if if it's taking it in simpler terms of not not leaving, like physically leaving the country, but of if there's a relationship between two people and one person decides that they don't they they don't think that it's the best decision and it's physically like let's say it's you and me, Jay, dating, and I think that (laughs) I I think that I. I I'm in sketchy crowds and I'm in I'm in the mafia and I think that that's gonna hurt you me being in the mafia so I do have the right to be like yeah you don't see how I'm trouble for you so I'm gonna leave like I think I I don't think that's I don't think it's toxic maybe it's a little bit selfish and I do see the aspect of deciding that it's unsafe for her but she's a 17 year old girl and doesn't know how the vampire world works so I don't know Jay I don't know I can see that, but for me, it's like, t- I'm taking it, like, I'm going to give, like, a smaller scenario. Um, Laura, you're dating someone named Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul's friend, who is dating your ex, is at a party. And Paul decides to just say, hey, Laura, like, I made the decision on behalf of us to not go to this party, even though you and your ex are fine. It's one thing if you don't want to date me anymore. If you don't want to date me anymore, fine, break up with me. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, I'm doing this to protect you, I know what's best for you, I think that can easily become kind of controlling and taking away Bella's autonomy. She doesn't know the vampire world. Yes, he wants to protect her. Yes, he thinks he can't resist. But that's all his problem. He can't resist to not suck her blood or screw her. So that's something he needs to work out. And he either needs to break up and say, I'm not ready for this relationship. Not, I think I'm not good for you. Okay. There definitely need needed to be a lot more communication here, obviously. Yeah, I do I do see how it was making a decision for her in that sense, but I think that it wasn't a scale of, oh, I don't want to see your ex-boyfriend as a party. It was a I'm a vampire and you're a human and all of my friends and family want to kill you. So it was a little bit of an extreme situation. Therefore Only Jasper wanted to kill her. 
Yeah, okay, but then but then all the cousins, all the cousins and the Volturi, the whole everyone else, the the Victoria, that main whole character, like I think that he yes made the decision for her, but made an educated decision. But he could have just turned her cuz she wanted to be turned anyway. Okay, yes. But but that took a whole two two more books to get there when it was time to turn her because then that gets into the whole thing of like do you want to be a vampire? Do you want immortal life? Edward never liked the fact that he was a vampire and that he everyone around him had to die and like he he went on being a vampire. So why would his conclusion would never be to just turn her into a vampire? That was his last option. So leaving her was a better solution than turning her into a vampire because he felt like that was worse. He felt like she's a person, a human, she'll she'll get over it in two to three years. I don't know. Audience, commenters, friends, text us. Tell us how you see this. <laughs> Another thing that was interesting is you put Twilight as a romantic comedy, which is not necessarily where I would have put it in terms of demographic. According to the Oxford English Dictionary and Google, a romantic comedy is defined as a movie or play that deals with love in a light, humorous way. I feel like after our whole kind of discussion of like life and death, people wanting to eat, the whole kind of comedy part's a little lacking. Mm -hmm. So let's hear it. Why is it a romantic comedy? Okay. So I'm looking at romantic comedy as a scale. As you know, like okay. sexuality is is fluid, Jay. No one is smack in the okay. center, okay? So Got like, it. like visualizing romantic comedy, I'm looking at, a, I'm thinking a line. Half of it is romantic and half of it is comedy. And I'm thinking Twilight leans definitely on the romantic side. But again, having rewatched it, I think the comedy aspect comes in in how outrageously ridiculous the whole thing is. Like, it, you can't help but giggle. I don't think there's a particular comedic element. I think maybe like an Emmett character, he had some funny lines. But for the most part, I don't think that leans towards comedy. The fact that they're vampires going to high school and and every every line that Jacob says in the first movie with his long, his long wig and when he calls her, you know that line, the loca, when he calls her loca. How is that not a comedy? Um, so looking at it as a scale, I'd say it is a romantic comedy in the sense that it is 80 to 85% romantic. The whole the whole theme itself of vampires and werewolves battling for this 17-year-old girl is comedic. Fair enough. I can see it. Didn't she turn 18 when she got turned? Yes, but again, that is that is four movies in. True. The fourth movie was my favorite. The fourth, fourth part A or part B? Part B. Okay, the, the grand finale. That one was really good. Well, I, I mean, I'm superficial. I liked pretty Kristen Stewart. She did look significantly better. I can't... The first one, she looks paler than Edward. The second one, her hair is too brown and they kind of make her look a little jaundiced. The third one, don't get me freaking started on that terrible wig. And the fourth one, she's emaciated the whole time. She didn't even look that good on her wedding. Oh, I think she looked nice at the wedding. The makeup effects that they did, especially for the, the first movie, they went hard with it. Like their outfits, like just everything about them was was a little bit ridiculous. They didn't get it together until like the last movie. But we also have to backtrack and think about the fact that this was 2009. Like what was I wearing at the premiere in 2009? I looked hideous. So did all those characters. And it was very 2009. Well, the thing is, I've heard from... Catherine insert director here's last name I don't remember something Wick Hardwick no I think it's just maybe it, maybe it's just Catherine Wick we fact check these similar to Dax Shepherds we fact check all of our episodes after lovely 
Twilight was supposed to be like an indie movie. They had an indie budget. Twilight was an indie movie, which how they thought they could get away with making it an indie movie, I do not understand. I mean, I mean, should we talk about the soundtrack? Because that was an indie soundtrack and that was a damn good soundtrack for every one of those movies. <laughs> they did have good soundtracks. I Superb. Like, not just, like, in a romantic comedy sense, like, just in, like, a, a cinematic sense. I genuinely think that they are such good movies. The only song, like, I can think of from the first one right now, like, the iconic one is, like, the baseball scene. Iconic. Iconic. The the music going on, that was, that was an indie movie. <laughs> like, fight with me on that scene right there. The background music, the, 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 the sepia-ish tones of the filming. Incredible. Oh my god, the glitter on the face. Yeah, okay, that, and that, Jay, is where we get to comedy. Oh my god. The, think about that. A glittery face, comedy. Comedy gold. Comedy silver sparkles. They really bedazzled his face. Yeah, they did. How do you feel about someone watching you sleep? To me, it's one of the most horrifying things I can imagine. Because the more, like, when you're super drunk, you don't really, you're not in control, you're not really thinking. But it's worse than being drunk, because at least when I'm drunk, I'm awake. When I'm asleep, I have no control over what happens. I've tended to kick, I roll frequently, I, like, I don't really talk in my sleep, but people have said I, ha in the past, have a bit. Mm -hmm. Like, to me, the idea of someone watching me sleep is terrifying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say I would say that's probably that's a no. That's probably going to fall under like toxic <laughs> traits. Um, I think the worst the worst part is that he let himself in uninvited at the beginning. You know, like that's another thing we're missing some communication there. <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's not great. And then that also falls under just like a standard rom com plot hole of like again they've known each other for. 28 minutes and he is so infatuated with her that he wants to break into her house to observe her while she sleeps for seven to eight hours sketch off not not right there not like that okay laura i know you're a very creative imaginative person you're very good at storytelling so i'm gonna give you a few scenes and like give you a character perspective and like tell me how you would behave as that character so for example okay. you're walking to the parking lot you're your big orange pickup truck and like someone's gonna run into you and someone physically stops it and like pushes it in away so you get safe what okay. would your thoughts be in that situation yeah so i'm i i think i would instantly go supernatural route 100 i'd be like i totally saw that don't try and tell me i'm crazy i know what i saw and you i wouldn't jump to vampire i don't think i don't think that'd be my first thought but i'd definitely be like there's some there's some steroids going on here or something like that was that was un unreal I don't think I'd be like alarmed by him. I wouldn't be afraid. I, in fact, would think I'd be like obsessed with him and I'd follow him around school being like, hey, what's your secret? You got to tell me now. <laughs> See, that's the other thing. Edward spent that first like 45 minutes gaslighting Bella. Because he was a vampire and he was hiding an extremely life hundred year old secret, Jay. He can't just go blabbing around being like, oh, shoot, you know my secret. Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> This is, it's not gas. It's, it's, it's different. If, if Bella had overseen some text messages and he was trying to hide them, that'd be <laughs> gaslighting. But Bella just found out his <laughs> lifelong secret that he is a vampire. He needs to, he's supposed to take that secret with him to the grave that he's never going to. Okay. Not gaslighting. Different. It's, it's situational, circumstantial. Movie two, New Moon. Would you like to explain how we saw New Moon? Do you remember the first? Um, it's, was it from your shopping tickets? Yes. So Nordstrom did this promo with the second Twilight movie where if you spent X amount of money, you got one ticket. 
Nordstrom's my favorite place for clothes. My mom ended up getting two tickets and Laura's birthday's around mine. So we went to the new moon premiere, not the midnight premiere, but they did a 9 p.m. one before the midnight, mm-hmm. which is how we saw new moon at the mall. I believe that we saw we saw all of them together. And I think we saw them all at the midnight premieres. I think you're giving us too much credit. I I feel maybe not the last movie or two, but we definitely saw them all ASAP. Like I remember leaving school on like a Thursday and like going with with one of our friends, like after school, like we totally went and saw them like ASAP. Good time. Okay, new moon. What scene do I want to put you in new moon? Frankly, none of them. That was my least favorite movie. Oh, oh, back to the indie film, Jay, is that scene where she's looking out the window and the months are passing by and the camera is spinning around her head. (laughs) That's an indie film if I've ever seen one. That's also such a waste of time. She could have built a side business. She could have become an influencer, learned to skate. She was emotional. So are you and you work. I don't know. I've never fallen in love with a vampire, so maybe it's a different (laughs) level of emotion. (laughs) (laughs) When it's extraterrestrial, supernatural. The love is out of this world. Ooh, motorcycle. Would you have gotten on the motorcycle just to see your love? Just to see what you think is him projecting? Oh, okay, okay. I know what scene we're at. Okay. Yeah, so Jacob has been fixing up this bike for her because Bella is high-key suicidal. And so every time she puts herself in a dangerous situation, she sees sees Edward. So she hops on this. I jumped on the board and said yes to that originally because I thought we were just talking about like, riding Jacob's motorcycle. But now I realize we're talking about the kill ourselves on the motorcycle. So I'm going to say no now. (laughs) Um, Change my original answer. Um, But I think no, I think I would have the when she first like wanders down that alley towards those the gang members of the town of fork (laughs) forks, (laughs) like whatever kind of level of gang they have there. Um, I might have done that like wandered in that alley. But I don't think I would have done the the motorcycle ride now. A little too a little too emo. What would you have done to see your love tell you to stay safe? What would you have done? I'm not really sure. I think I might just like have sat in that chair in the window for a couple extra months. I don't think <laughs> I think I'm more of a silent, painful mourner than like a crazy action kind of person. Like thinking okay. real life kind of situation, you know? That makes sense. Oh my God, I had such a great point for the third movie, and then I completely just like blanked out for the third movie. Do we talk about when Jacob kisses her without permission? Go for it. I mean, that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. I think that's reading the books. I was Team Edward. Watching the movies, I was Team Jacob. But I think I was Team Jacob because he was like more good looking to me at the time. Wait, are you going when they're on the mountain and like he forces her to say to kiss him, or no, her- no? I'm thinking okay. the first time when she punches him. Got it. Uh, Bella, okay, so I think this is a whole a whole question in itself. Did Bella like Jacob or not? Mm. Jay, do you think yes or no? I think it's one of those things that's harder to understand till you're maybe past the age of 17 of like, I don't think she was in love with Jacob, but I think she did love deeply for Jacob, like on a soul kind of like level, but she was not in love with Jacob, which is the key phrase to want to kiss and build your future with someone. Mm-hmm. I also didn't read the book, so I'm only going off the movies. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm nodding deeply to that. <laughs> so I think that she, there was definitely f- positive feelings towards Jacob, and they had a great friendship, and he was very, very, very much there for her in her time of need. Thinking in a situation where you and your boyfriend had just broken up and you're in mourning, you replace them. That's 100% true. <laughs> So Jacob was there and she replaced, she replaced Edward with Jacob. 
And maybe some genuine feelings did grow there, but their whole foundation of love was founded on her wanting Edward and having to take the second option, which was Jacob. I think that, I think Belle's whole side, the feelings for Jacob, not like real feelings, but not not in love feelings. Definitely love and you were there for me and I appreciate you, but you're my number two. You're my backup. I also feel like a big part of it, because like, I know huge fan base for the books. I know you read the books, all of our friends in middle and high school read the books, and then the movies. I think they did such a disservice making Edward and Jacob, I think Edward's significantly less attractive, but at least they're not, even if you find both of the men attractive, they're not the same type of attractive. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to compare, like, to me, I didn't hear anyone who's like, oh my god, Edward, this guy, this vampire, this hot, sparkly, pale vampire, Robert Pattinson. That's never where anyone's head went. Like, I feel there are so many other male, pale actors they could have chosen to make it clear. Because I feel like half the reason everyone was Team Jacob was because Taylor Lautner was hotter. But now I think he's gone so upsetting. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I think that like physical, I mean, it could go as simple as like, do you like white guys or not? Um, well, I mean, Taylor Lautner is white technically, isn't he? I think so. He gives me kind of like a Filipino-ish, like some descent of Asian. Um, I don't trust anyone after learning Miranda Cosgrove is fully white. I never, like I, ne- I, always, mm-hmm. I always check because like, that mm-hmm. one shocked me to my core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that their physical appearance, and I think I think that I don't know. Look now, looking back on it, I think that Robert Pattinson is attractive. Like not like he's not like my number one dream celebrity, but like I think he was good looking. Uh, I think they're equally good looking, just in like very different different realms. And I think that Jacob's route was the take your shirt off route. Like he takes his shirt off like the first scene in the third movie or the second movie. Like that's his intro scene. Thank goodness. And then he runs through the rain when the invitation comes in. Right, right, right. No, that's the fourth movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but like all of his, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of that fourth movie intro scene. But yeah, I think that I think that my whole appeal to him for a minute when the movies came out originally in high school was that I was like, oh yeah, he's more attractive. Like, woo, Team Jacob, and I less looked at his poor character to judge. <laughs> Fair. Okay, we're gonna skip over Eclipse because I have a great like activity for you for Eclipse, and we're gonna move on to the to the wedding okay. to Breaking Dawn Part One. Which, okay, you would know this better than I did. Did Harry Potter do the whole last book two movies thing first? I believe they did. But then once they did, Twilight did, Hunger Games did, probably Divergent did. I mean, like, don't quote me on it, but I do believe that Harry Potter did it first. And I think that all of the big movies have followed suit. Yes, Divergent, uh, Hunger Games, yeah. I am happy that Twilight did it because I like the second one. I think the the last movie was my favorite movie. And I think that was a proper split. Like, it was two very different vibes for both movies. It was a good idea splitting that. Okay, Breaking Dawn Part one what scene do i want you to put you in Ooh, this is a fun one because we're adults the one where edward won't sleep with her how would you deal with such a honeymoon okay um first off i watched this this whole series again with my brother who's 22 and when that scene when that whole scene started to begin i was like all right time for my skincare routine (laughs) like Mm. left i think yeah i i don't know i don't know i guess i was is it bad to be like, I'd be pissed? I'd be like, what the hell? No. Like, you, you said that we had to get married. Like, the deed is done. Like, let's do it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> literally. See, this is, again, of the, like, whole, I bruised you and hurt you a little. Therefore, I'm 
gonna stop sleeping with you. Which is ironic, because what came out of Twilight and the kind of vampire sex? Fifty Shades of Grey. Which is all about cleansing and bondage. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So Edward didn't need to care so much because we got Fifty Shades out of it. <laughs> he didn't have to care because we were into it. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. Um, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think, again, this goes to, this goes to, this is an extreme situation. Like, if it was a situation between two people consensually and someone got a little scruffed up, but they were into it, like, then the person doesn't have a right to be like, oh, we have to abstain because I don't want to hurt you again. But this is a vampire situation, Jay. You have to understand that these are extreme conditions and the possibility for danger was high. So I think, again, a lot of lack of communication. They don't just have to jump right into it. There are so many steps that they could have been working on and working forward exactly. um, with. And I do think that him just being like, I'm going to tire her out to to just avoid this whole thing was a poor, like there needed to be communication. Looking at long-term relationship, they're lacking communication. Most definitely. And all the lingerie she brought, like, I'd be pissed. When you want to make sure that your underwear and your bra matches and then nothing happens, waste. Waste. Alice, she'd be pissed. Alice would be pissed. (laughs) Breaking Dawn Part 2. And before we get into where I would place you, we can't not talk about the horrific CGI that is Renesmee. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had such a large budget. I don't know how many hundreds of millions I believe Lionsgate could have given them and did give them for the whole director's i feel like the director did a cop out and he was like we really wanted to be so the actor Mackenzie, whatever her name was we really mm-hmm. wanted her face throughout the child so we really want to make it look like her mm-hmm. all babies look alike mm-hmm. all toddlers you could have found someone similar they've been doing it for hundreds of years putting her face on it literally looked weird and yeah. it took the value of that movie and like for how much money it went and made it not worthless, but pretty dang close for how bad that CGI budget was. Kristen Stewart even looked pretty. I mean, that could cycle back to Kristen comedy. Stewart even looked good in this movie. Your whole vampire cast was hot as fuck in this movie and y'all got them well. And then you have all these young kids with the weird face that doesn't even line up when they talk. It's like the whole video is lagging. <laughs> I'm very passionate about that terrible CGI. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I I do I do agree. Maybe the only solution or justification I can give is that perhaps the thought was that because the baby was aging so quickly that maybe the fresh born baby wasn't a newborn; it was already like a four month old. Uh huh. <laughs> but I do I do agree. I thought that all the the rest of the CGI had drastically improved throughout the movies, and like the whole Bella transformation into a vampire at the end. I love that scene, like when her like ribs crack back up. Like I thought mm-hmm. that whole thing was mm-hmm. great. But yeah, that baby was inexcusable. Okay, Laura, you and your life partner have a baby, an adorable little girl. Someone tells you they imprint on your child. Yeah. What do you do? How do you interpret imprinting? How do you define imprinting? interpret it based on your knowledge of the books movies and then what would you do if you heard oh god a young man imprinted on your baby yeah so i'm not into that (laughs) (laughs) i'm pissed um i i don't condone violence but i have always had this feeling of like if anything happened to like one of my children i'd kill i'd kill the person like one (laughs) thousand percent like i'd murder them like not even not even joking jay if i find out that someone touched my daughter mm-hmm. killing them they're dead um okay. so i feel 
I feel very angry. If, if I were in the scenario and my newborn baby, while I was asleep, while I was resting for three days, <laughs> you had the audacity to already claim <laughs> her as, as your own while I was asleep, I'd be pissed. Um, I think imprinting. So it's hard. I can understand the idea of like, like a man's best friend is his dog. A dog is a man's best friend because Jacob is a dog in the way he treats women <laughs> and, and, and his ancestral line as a werewolf. So in that sense, I can see imprinting as like, just like, like, like a, a bond, a connection, like a true, a true platonic love, like a, a family love, a, uh, like the love you feel for any family member, a sibling, anyone of like just the utmost love and care for them. But then it does get weird when it switches to then when she's of age, it then becomes a romantic relationship because I don't understand how you can justify that when they are a little girl, it wasn't romantic. And the second she's 18, it now is romantic. Like blurred lines there. Don't like that. Don't like that. So you see imprinting as starting out as like a protective, older sibling kind of thing. And then as soon as puberty ends, like they it switches. Like you see. I think it's a big plot hole because that isn't... That isn't adding up in my books. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. And number two, what is your vampire power and how would you do during the battle scene? What would you do? Oh my God. Okay. Um, Oh, I have to, I'm taking this so seriously. What's my vampire power? I have always said that I do like the ability to read minds. I think that would come in handy in so many situations. I kind of like being invisible. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of like reading people's minds though, because then you can spy on people. Um, yeah, it's funny because be- being a vampire already comes with so many perks. Like you don't need super strength. You already got it. Yeah, maybe I would go with uh, like a mind reading or an invisible, something that's going to let me like get an edge on people. Okay. Okay. Then I'm in the battle scene. I don't do well with like the physical altercation, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, it depends on like if I were like Bella, you know, like where I am in this situation. But I'm thinking like okay. I'm like one of the people that they like found and brought to stand with them so I'm gonna stand in the back I think (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna stand back and I'm gonna listen to everyone's thoughts see how things are playing out and but try to stay out of it fair enough I was such a big Seth Clearwater was that their last name Boo Boo Stewart Yes. yes Clearwater Yes, big fan. Thought he was so cute. And then I saw him recently in the Descendants movies, and I'm like, oh my god, you're way too old for that franchise. And like, you look the way you did in the Twilight movies, which was like a decade ago, which is like all the kinds of uncomfortable. I remember when he was like added to the movie, and everyone was obsessed with him. And I, to this day, here we are, ten years later, I still don't know who that kid is. Don't know. I remember everyone being like, oh my God, Boo Boo is in it. And I'm like, who the H double hockey sticks is this Boo Boo? Like, I don't know. And I frankly don't care. But I can't yeah, imagine I know that he looks exactly the same now. He's he's yeah. like, is he is he full Asian? He looks full Asian. I don't know. I'm sure he looks the same. But similarly, he has long hair and descendants like oh, Taylor Wanted did in the first Twilight. He's, I believe, Corella DeVille's kid. I can I can envision it. I can picture his face with some long hair. We're at your favorite eclipse, which I really don't know if I'm going to rank them. It goes 4B, 4A, oh God, 2, 3, 1. I think going backwards from least favorite, I'm putting two. Oh my God, you put number one as last? I hate the first one. Wow. Okay. I think the first one's kind of like, maybe it's full of nostalgia, but like, I think I like that one. I think I'm going new moon, bottom, number two, bottom. Then the the whole pregnancy one, uh, 4A. Then 
number one, probably 4B and then Eclipse being my favorite, but I could switch places with those top two because I think that the the big cliffhanger shocking scene during the battle in the last movie is cinematic magic. So now that we're back at Eclipse, I would like you to give your best version of the graduation speech that one of my favorite actresses, Anna Kendrick, gave as the graduating class of, I don't know, 2010 were on their merry way out of school and becoming their adult selves. You can be a human or a vampire. I'll let you pick. You want me to do what? You want me to redo her speech? I want you to give like a little like bonjour, not bonjour, wow, bon voyage to like the graduating class of Twilight. In the sense that you, you want me to put myself in Anna, Anna Kendrick's position? Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, give me three seconds to Google generic, overused, but also repeated time and time again, because as cheesy as it is, it will always be applicable senior speech. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, everything, every good senior speech starts off with a hello class, hey class, some, some of you I know well, some of you I wish I could have gotten to know better. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's been a it's been a long four years, ups and downs, but we all con- conquered it together. Insert a couple examples of difficult times, and then insert a couple <laughs> examples of good times. Nailed it. Then and then we need some sort of like going into the future, moving forward, leaving the nest. Some sort of as we as we open this next chapter of our lives. Then something about going going with the the lessons we've learned here at school these four years together. Um, and then something about I hope that we all stay in touch, which everyone knows is a lie. And <laughs> then some sort of like to the to the best class. The greatest class this school has ever had. And then I'll I'll lead us all in tipping tipping the hats. Thank Bravo. you. Did, did that remind you of the senior speech? Because I'm pretty sure I copied the, whoever did the speech. I'm pretty sure I just said theirs. I mean, it reminds me of every speech I've ever heard. I thought you were going to just start quoting the vitamin C song. What's the vitamin C song? The graduation song. Oh, oh, the one that plays? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to sing. I know that's a re- that'll be a regret. <laughs> Okay, now you have to tell me, why do you like Eclipse? It has a lot of action, a lot of excitement. I think it has the, it includes the most, the most characters. We get a good look at, there's a good chunk of Edward, there's a good chunk of Jacob, a good chunk of Bella. There's more of the Cullens that are included. We get to know so many more characters, so I enjoy that. They do defeat Victoria, do they not? Yes, they do. So it has a happy ending. I think it was the most solidifying. It was, it was, it wasn't the last movie, but it was essentially the end of the triangle of the love triangle because she, even though she had picked Jacob there, she had picked Edward the whole time, but Jacob sort of kind of finally got the message. Ella, I think she's shown as a very strong character in this whole movie, especially with the way she speaks to both of them. She's very direct at Jacob. She's honest and she stands up to Edward. I think that she was a very strong character in that, in that third movie. The the graphics had finally gotten better. I don't remember. Is this the wig where it looks like she's wearing a headband? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty bad. I'm not going to say anything about the, the looks then in this movie. <laughs> I feel like Charlie, did he have a good role in this movie? I guess he had more of a role in the second movie is when we finally start to see his character. Yeah. I think overall it was just the most excitement and it was the most drama in regards to the triangle. Charlie always reminded me of your dad. Charlie reminds me of my dad too. <laughs> I see <laughs> it. You guys, your family should have dressed up as Twilight, the Twilight cast. Oh my gosh, Christopher, I think he looks the most like a Jasper, but he's very tall. I'm I'm Bella, obviously. Of course. Who's my mom? I guess she just has to be a... Uh, she could be Esme. Esme or... Your brother should be um Carlisle. Oh yeah, I see that. I see that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'll think about it for for this 2021 Halloween. Maybe we can all go out together. There we go. Your whole family is Twilight. Mm-hmm. Great. Or that should just be your Christmas card. Except if we don't like fill in all the other characters, it's just going to look like the four of us dressed up. <laughs> it's not going to make any sense. We need name tags or something. And to do the background, again, indie with the forests. You can Photoshop and you posted your first TikTok. Like I'm sure by October, your skills will be better. Uh-huh. I could Photoshop us onto our, our set characters. Exactly. Very good. Yeah. Okay writing this down your last two twilight related questions and you can go on as much or as little explanation as you would like of course we have to end with fuck mary kill but similar to twilight being an indie i picked some of the i didn't pick the main ones because oh my God. those aren't fun so uh-huh. your first round dr carlisle emmett and jasper okay i'm going to oh this i think this is pretty easy i'm gonna marry carlisle i'll fuck emmett and i'll kill jasper Ooh, okay will you also turn into a vampire or will we stay human in every situation, I'm becoming a vampire. Okay. Okay. And then Dakota Fanning's character, whose name I can't remember, Alice and Bella. Dakota K. Uh, her, she's... She's in the Volturi. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of her name. Al- uh, 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 it's not Alice. That's going to drive me nuts. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Dakota Fanning, Alice, or who? Bella. Rosalie? Bella. And th- this is a fuck, Mary kill. Um, okay, well, kill Dakota Fanning. I'm gonna marry Alice. So I'll, I'll fuck Kristen Stewart. Okay, that was easy. Yeah, I, I, I feel confident in my answers. <laughs> Jane. Her name is Jane. Jane! Yeah, Some no, kill her. Some basic things. You didn't want the red eyes? I can get those myself if I drink human blood, duh. Oh, that's why they have red eyes? <laughs> yeah, the Collins have... I've not gone clearly as in-depth. I highly cool. recommend you dedicate the next nine hours of your day to rewatching all of them. <laughs> Got it. I'll see if I have the time. You know, <laughs> how was your first podcast experience? I, I I feel it went swimmingly. Do you like the audio recording? Like, what do you think of it compared to like a Zoom call? You're a TA right now, so you get to like see your students on Zoom regularly. Well, it just feels more like a, a phone conversation. And it's, mm-hmm. it's, I think it's a lot easier when, when you are responding opposed to if I just had to speak to no one, I think I'd have a hard time. I did a solo episode a few weeks ago that I recorded and like that was rough because yeah, you're really just talking to yourself. Which I, I do often, but I think, I don't know if it would flow as well. Yeah, it's definitely harder to do. But just in general, if you're trying to talk to yourself, I mean, I talk to myself regularly as I know you do as well, but when you're trying to have an extended conversation with yourself, it's not the same. I think that would almost have to be done in a presentation form like you should have made yourself a powerpoint because then when you're talking and like no one's responding you click to your next powerpoint and then you're like ah now moving on to the next slide i know what we're talking about here and every pause just means okay i gotta get to that next slide Ooh, that's smart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a teacher now i'm an educator jay oh of course hopefully that pushes you for the vaccine um I think that'd be dirty to call myself like a a first responder or a teacher, but we might do it. We'll see. Heard all about Twilight. Do you have any rom-coms you would like to cross off your list? Any you haven't seen? Any that you'd like to see? The last to all the boys is coming out this month, I believe. Oh my gosh. I feel like I haven't seen that many rom-coms, frankly. There's just so many of them and, or maybe I have seen a lot of them, you know, and they just kind of have slipped my mind. You know, not not memorable enough to stay. But then if I go to watch it again, I'm like, eh, I think I have seen this. Have you seen How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days? 
Um, that's with like a kind of skinny, dorky, brown-haired guy. Um, Matthew McConaughey and Kate Hudson. Oh, yes. Yes, I have seen that one and not the guy I was thinking of at all. Thinking of something else. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm thinking of. But yes, I have seen that one. When you describe that, I'm thinking of Freddie Prince Jr. So it's either like No, not him. He's good looking. This The guy I'm thinking oh. of is a little bit scrawnier. I don't know. Like she's all that. Like that whole that whole movie is the definition of like plot hole. The whole movie is a plot hole. <laughs> Honestly, like the fact that they're doing a revival from a TikTok star, like I can't. I really can't. Oh my god, I can't believe that's happening. That's gonna flop. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the Zoe 101 revival, which I was so looking forward to when I heard it was happening. And then I saw, I was like, JoJo Siwa and a bunch of like TikTokers. I'm like, oh, no. Is that a thing? Yes. Coming to television? Like they're making a Zoe 101 reboot? They were, yeah, but like with TikTokers, it's ridiculous. Like, are these TikToker, TikTokers being actors? Or is this like yeah. how like, they did a Ratatouille musical on TikTok? Okay, no, I think like they're actually in the show, like Noah Beck, Dixie D'Amelio, like, like oh I God. think they're putting them, like JoJo Siwa are like actors in the show, which like doesn't make sense. And they're still having the original cast. So I'm like, what, is everyone going to be a freaking teacher and come back and like teach a PCA and like all these TikTokers are going to be students? I get that like TikTok is where the money's at right now and that I like the idea of companies having these TikTokers advertise for them. But I think trying to make these dancing kids, acting, working professionals is a terrible idea. I think they're also untalented and unqualified. All the companies are doing is trying to make fetch happen and fetch can't happen. You cannot take an influencer and make them into people with skill sets. And the thing that's just so frustrating is like, I am not an actor, singer, or dancer. But like, people train for so many years for these kinds of things. And then like, I just had to like shake my butt a little on TikTok, say I didn't think 100 million subscribers or followers mm-hmm. was enough. And then I get like mm-hmm. $7 million. The the craziest thing is too, they're, they're not even like the good TikTok dancers. Like I don't have any, I don't have any of those children on my For You page. I n- literally have never seen one of their videos pop up. Um, But every once in a while, I will get a dance video popping up. And some people are so incredibly talented. And like the people that are actually like coming up with these dances, they're all so talented and none of them will ever get the fame and riches and fortune that these handful of kids have gotten like it's so crazy like once one or two people are selected from the many those are just it like those are the popular ones yeah, they, they are the face and there's no room for another face. I will say, I think Charlie D'Amelio, because I have seen her dance, I think she's a good dancer. I think she's a good dancer the way all the girls in Dance Moms were good dancers. Mm-hmm. But is she the only good dancer and should she be doing more to uplift other dancers with that platform? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. When you mm-hmm. have 100 million followers, you should absolutely be doing more to help out others. Like, God, if I had 100 million followers. If everyone donated a dollar of 100 million people. Oh my God. That's a hundred million dollars. So now we know what our goal is for 2021. We'll each get 50 million followers to donate us a dollar. I mean, uh, why don't- I wonder what taxes would be like on that. Oh, I don't even know. Because it's a bunch of small donations. Because it's not like someone wrote you a check. Because I know those big checks have a lot of problems with them. But mm-hmm. if like mm-hmm. 50 million people individually donated you a dollar, I wonder what the taxes on that would be. I don't know. And she's only 17 years old, so she doesn't know how taxes work. Oh my god. Wild. Mm-mm. Upsetting. And I think it just gives- the, I think that- it's great that like YouTube has become a media source and that these creators are being able to make a living off this. But then I also Mm -hmm. think that we've got all these young kids and all they want to do is be a a YouTuber and one in a million people become famous on YouTube. And Mm -hmm. I think that the, the kids attentions, yes, like it's great to like focus on like creativity and like art as like an outlet, but like there's only going to be five famous artists. Like we still need, people still need to be doctors. People still need to be teachers. People still need to be accountants. People still need to be construction workers. Like there's so many like. 
spoiler alert people, Laura and I, along with some other friends, were on those bandwagons of people who try to become YouTube famous. It's not always as easy as it seems for all of those who are not the James Charles of the world or vlog families. It's this whole whole new generation that's coming in like it it is not it is not what it th- seems to be. I think our generation was more kids like seeing like audition at your local mall to be the next oh Disney God, Channel God. star. And you know the only kid they found in the neighborhood was Debbie Ryan. She came out of one of those things and she, she is the did? only one. Yes, I oh, so wow. clearly remember that she was like so funny like a scouted kind of thing because I remember her whole intro into the sweet life world. Remember when we met Rosalie from the Naked Brothers Band at the mall? I'm going to be honest. I think I threw her sig- her signature away. Wow. Fake fan over here. <laughs> I wonder what she's up to. I think the boys are singing again. I don't know. I um, the, the older one is like acting, like actively acting. Mm-hmm. That show always confused me. I'm like, is this a reality show or are you acting? I remember when it first came out, I was like, is this a band that everyone knows and I just have never heard of? <laughs> That's like Big Time Rush. I need. I keep telling myself I need to go back and rewatch Big Time Rush, but it's not. It wasn't on any streaming service the last time I checked, and I was sad. Well, thank you for joining me this week, Laura. I'm excited for you. I don't know if you want to hear it. You can hear it. If not, oh my god, I don't want to hear my own voice, but I kind of do want to hear it. But I don't know. I don't know. Have a great rest of your Saturday. All right. Thanks for thanks for this, Jay. Thanks for trusting me. Of course, we're hoping to. Ha- we'll hope to have you back. And I would say, oh, if we get a season two, but we're self-financed, so I will get as many seasons as I want to. Um, I, I'm available for all of the seasons. I'm free every day. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode of In Omnia Paratus. I hope you enjoyed hearing from me and our first guest, Laura. Grab your coffee wool and don't forget to rate, download, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow. So head on over to at an Omniapod on Instagram and let us know your hot takes on the Twilight Saga. Bye!